The federal budget is to be unveiled today. What can we expect and what's this grocery rebate all about? The City of Winnipeg Human Rights Committee has asked for formal recognition of the definition of anti-Semitism. We get reaction from the Jewish Federation of Winnipeg. We continue to ask the question, where is spring? And another follow-up to the hot yoga adventure that Greg and I embarked on on the weekend. What's a time that you showed up horrifically unprepared? I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb, who was off this week, the rest of the week at least. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, and this is the Tuesday, March 28th podcast for The Start. It is Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is now off. I have used up my remaining 2022 vacation days. Yesterday was the last one. Loren has four more to go. And then Greg has two more next week, I guess. I like, guess it's next week. Heading into Good Friday, right? That's correct. Yeah, I, I tried to summarize that yesterday. Failed miserably because... <laughs> My knowledge of the calendar apparently is not very good. So, yeah, I think that's how it all works, Brett. I'm def- I'm deferring to your your wisdom on this one. <laughs> okay. So, it's Mackling and McGarry for the rest of the week on Budget Day. Budget Day. What are we going to see today, Brett? I, I know a lot of people are hoping for some tax relief, some relief on the economic front, the inflation front. Of course, we've been hearing about this new tax rebate. That is, uh, well, aimed at making basic necessities more affordable. It's going to be uh, delivered through the GST tax credit mechanism that most of us are already set up for. So uh, according to uh, sources, an average family of four with two children would receive $467, while a single Canadian, such as yourself, would be eligible for $234. In rebates. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out because I, I just, you know, one of our listeners was asking about this. So this is like in the last 10 minutes, I've been trying to sort of read up on this grocery rebate that's aimed at helping 11 million Canadian households. Uh, so what's the cutoff for that? I'm curious. Like, where do they decide the threshold? Because it, it, does, it, does it go to only people who already get the GST rebate? Because I don't, I don't get that. Oh, um, you don't qualify for that? No. Well, maybe you wouldn't qualify for this then. That's, I think, a question. Great question, by the way. Uh, the information I have doesn't answer it, but I suspect I can almost guarantee that if this is part of the budget as we expect it to do, all that will be uh, outlined later on this afternoon. So we'll have more on the federal budget at 7.05 to see if we can dig into a little bit more of what can we expect. Also today, and I know that you and Loren touched on this yesterday, you had Barrett Miller on from Fort White Alive at 9.35. If you want to hear that, go to the audio vault at cjob.com or the podcast for the start, which you can also find at cjob.com. But uh, at 6.35, we're going to delve a little bit more into this. Just where is spring? Yesterday, I went out with some friends for breakfast to uh, Johnny's, by the way, on Marion. Wonderful steak and eggs. But um, And then we went virtual golfing, and all of them were just saying, like, what is going on? And I was listening to the radio this morning, and they say the wind chill, minus 31. And even I, like, I, I looked outside. I saw the sun. I knew it wasn't warm. But I think when I finally checked the temperature, it was still minus 18 by the time we got there at 9.30 for breakfast. Like, what the heck? It's March. It was March 27th yesterday, the 28th today. Come on. We were searching for signs of spring yesterday, and, and Barrett did a really good job of, of outlining some of the things that we might see that would symbolize or signal the fact that spring is on its way. And so a few of those things are happening However, they're, they're slow to happen. Don't need us to tell you that. There are gigantic mounds of snow in, in uh, most people's yards, uh, ice and frozen uh, catch basins. I've got one right in front of my house, so I've got 
you know, uh, depending on the temperature outside, anything from a skating rink to Lake Winnipeg to uh, the world's largest Slurpee on my front. <laughs> don't drink it, though, but do not drink it. I don't care how much grape uh, Kool-Aid you put in that. Do not drink the Slurpee in front of my house. So it's a little bit of a mess right now. And, of course, potholes are becoming a gigantic issue already. So... I know we had a slow start to spring last year, such a long, dreadful winter. I was hoping that, you know, Mother Nature would pay us back a little bit this year. Yeah. It's not happening so far. Yeah, the only, I guess the only upside would be that it's been relatively uneventful in ter- when you compare last year where we got all those Colorado lows. That's true. We did have some... We did have uh, some major snow in the latter parts of the winter after already having a ton of snow throughout the entire winter. So I guess that's the good side. Thanks for looking at the glass half full this morning, Brett. Just trying to find the upside because as we, you know, if you look at the two-week forecast, there is not a whole lot of above zero temperature. And depending where you look, Environment Canada is on the optimistic side from what, let me just double check what they were calling for for the weekend Saturday Oh, they've since altered it. Uh, well, they're saying Saturday minus three, but they're calling for six degrees on Sunday, uh, whereas some other apps I was looking at were saying not so fast. We won't see above zero until in the middle into the middle of next week. So that could change. The normal high for this time of year is four degrees. Normal low is minus seven. So we were forecasting an overnight low of about minus twenty three tonight. Okay, this morning. I don't think we're going to get quite that cold. I actually, I confess, I plugged in my car last night. Yeah? Yeah, I've been working in my garage, so I've got a workbench set up in there. So I parked in the driveway last night. I actually plugged in my car just to, you know, I figured she's used to being inside now, so I didn't want to shock her with minus 23. (laughs) So I plugged it in. I guess I didn't really need to do that. The weather, what is it at the airport, Brett? Currently minus 16, wind chill minus 21. This is weird. See, this is this is where I get confused. So we get our temperature from the forks, from Environment Canada, minus 14. You just uh, quoted the temperature at the airport, and then the weather app on my phone says it's minus 20. What weather app is that? That's the uh, Apple. The Apple. This the one that's on my Apple phone. Uh, so I don't know where the, what weather station they've got. It hasn't updated Probably. It's just bizarre. You can never trust that. The, the only the only temperature gauge I trust is the one on my car. Because that's the one that matters most. Because that's the temperature of where I am does at it, the moment. Is it, does it go outside? Is that, I've never actually checked what temperature is being read on my automobile. Oh, yeah. The, that's the external temperature. Okay. Yeah. yeah the, 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 yes, so I've got minus 14 on my phone app. Maybe this just is just refresh. Odd. Yeah. Oh, there you go. It's an Apple product. So, Oh, in, there it is. Inferior. Uh, another salvo <laughs> in the continuing wars between McGarry and Mackling on which personal communication device is better. It is Mackling, McGarry. McNabb is off for the rest of the week. Just wanted to mention this because we heard Skyler Peters in for Jeff Braun talking about the Edmonton Police Service saying its final goodbyes to Constables Travis Jordan and Brett Ryan who were killed in the line of duty. We learned this morning that a Quebec provincial police officer has been killed while trying to arrest a man at a home in the province's Morisi region on Monday night. They say that the death of Sergeant Maureen Bro, an officer with more than 20 years of experience, happened when a 35-year-old male suspect uh, was later shot and killed by other officers who arrived on the scene in Louisville, Quebec, which is around 100 kilometers northeast of Montreal. And it uh, looks like Bro and another officer were arresting the man around 8.30 last night for uttering threats when he grabbed a knife and stabbed Bro. So we'll learn more on that through the day unfortunately, and you'll be able to read more at cjob.com and globalnews.ca. Greg, what's coming up after Global News at 7? Christian Freeland will deliver a budget for the nation today. We'll take a peek at uh, what we can expect. We've already been reporting on this grocery rebate that we anticipate will be part of the budget announcement today. We'll find out what business is looking for as well as 
we know inflation, economic uh, times, you could say the economy's in a little state of flux right now, and that might be putting it mildly. We'll uh, take a peek at what KPMG would like to see based on some of the conversations it's had with business over the last several weeks. Right now we want to talk more about spring. The sun has been shining. Yes, it has. It's just glorious. Uh, some of the days we've had in terms of the sunshine, but in spite of that, spring does still seem a long way away. Below average temperatures are keeping Winnipeg frozen. Yeah, I had my sunroof open on Sunday, Brett, so I'm defying it a little bit. I'm daring spring to arrive, but as Global's Iris Dick looks at why the cold weather is sticking around and when warmer weather could be heading our way for good. The first day of spring has come and gone, but Mother Nature seems to have missed the memo. Winnipeggers woke up Monday morning to a frosty minus 20 degrees. That's all thanks to something called an upper low, a mass of Arctic air around Hudson's Bay that's causing below average temperatures across the country. And it has been stubborn staying there. It just won't leave. Dave Phillips with Environment Canada says normally about half of March's days should be above zero. But this year... You've had none of those. The whole month, you haven't had a melting temperature since Valentine's Day. Not everyone is upset about winter hanging on. We weren't sure exactly how late we'd be able to go. Um, and so this cooler temperature has really helped extend the season for us. Abe Zawatsky with Holiday Mountain Ski Resort welcomes the cold, at least for a bit longer. The conditions are awesome. As soon as we get to plus five, and if it's a beautiful bluebird day like today, there will be people here absolutely. But it does mean things are getting off to a late start at Shooter's Golf Course. In 2021, they'd been open 10 days by this time. We still got a week or so to play with, and after that it's going to get really depressing. If the mercury doesn't hit zero before the end of the month, it will be the first time that's happened since 1899. And despite the clear skies, a nasty wind chill has made the cold feel even colder. It's just that winter has gone on too long. And, um, and and I think that people are feeling, you know, a little ticked up. But it's not all doom and gloom. Environment Canada predicts we'll crack zero degrees on the weekend, just in time to get back into some of your favorite summer activities. Iris Dick, Global News. Now, first of all, I watched this report just a moment ago, and Iris hit that ball square. I don't know what her distance was. She had a terrible lie. Even though she was hitting off the tee at shooters, there was a mound of snow, so she had her feet were above the tee. I mean, you would never, ever set up for a shot like that normally. But as far as I could tell, she launched that ball. So, Iris, well done. Well played. I'd like to know the distance uh, on on your shot. Uh, but let's face it, when you hear, <laughs> when they're using 1800s, as a reference, you know it's unusual. So for everybody who's been text messaging us about, uh, you know, this is Manitoba, why are you guys complaining? Well, because this is out of the ordinary. This is unusual, but when you hear that, I, I, I just, I was laughing with Greg off the air a couple of times hearing that 1899, hearing Dave Phillips from Environment Canada to talk about how we haven't had any days above zero this month, haven't had a melting day since Valentine's Day. That's odd. It's odd. I remember, and it, it it you end up. I don't. I don't know how you how you end up feeling about it, but I just you you sort of feel this kind of like almost. I don't know if helplessness is the word, or this frustration where you're just trying to will it to happen. I remember it, years ago in like the late '90s or early aughts, I was working at a call center in downtown Winnipeg, and it was the first week of April or maybe the second week of April, and I was out back having a smoke, and I just remember. Was still wearing my parka, looking around at the snow that was still lingering on the ground and just wanting to, like, clenching my fist, trying to will it, trying to use the force, Luke, use the force to melt the snow. You just, it, it, it can create this, for me at least, it can create this despair. Although when you look at the question of the day results from yesterday, it's spring, but it hasn't felt like it so far. How are you coping? 41% say as long as it doesn't snow as much as last year, I'm okay with it. Mm. 32% say not good. I need green grass now. 22% say I can handle a couple more weeks of the cold, but that's it. And 5% say winter can stay forever. So for those who winter enthusiasts, they, I'm sure you must be happy right now. I, I would fall 
into the I can handle a couple more weeks of the cold, but that's it. Like I'm not happy about it, but I haven't reached that breaking point just yet. I don't often lament the fact that I moved back to Manitoba from the Okanagan Valley uh, for a variety of different reasons. I, I can't imagine life being much better based on the decision that I made years ago to come back to Manitoba. But when I hear from my buddy out there and he's asking me, uh, he always knows what the temperature is. So what's the weather like there today? And I know where it's going, right? Because he's going to tell me that it's double digits and that the sun is shining. Like today in Vernon, the forecast high is 12 degrees in sunshine. Okay. Okay. That's difficult to look at and not go, I could have been there. I should have been there. But as I said, I'm not going to lament it too much, but it is difficult because it's not that far away. It's in Canada. Other people are looking at us like, what's going on? Although Calgary's minus 11 right now. They've had a crazy winter. And the weather in Calgary, you can keep it. (laughs) Calgary's a great place to live. The Chinooks are awesome. Uh, All sorts of reasons to love Calgary, but the weather is not one of them. Yeah, because aren't they typically the first and last to get snow? But for the major cities in Canada, by a, by a mile, probably by two weeks on either side of that yeah. demarcation point. Now, it's not every single year, but as an average, for sure. I've uh, had snow on Canada Day in Calgary. No! Absolutely. <laughs> wow, that is bizarre. But feel free to weigh in, and you can also cast a vote at cjob.com. And as we were saying earlier, yeah, it's been a cold month. At least it's been relatively uneventful, though, in terms of winter storm activity. Let's hope it stays that way. To just piggyback on a recent conversation we had, knock on wood. It's Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is off this week. I was off Yesterday, so McNabb's off the rest of the week. But yesterday, I understand, Greg, you touched a little bit on the fact that you and I experienced hot yoga for the first time on Sunday. It was an eye-opening experience. It uh, really put me in my place, and it was a real good sort of um, perspective-gaining experience because any athleticism I may have once possessed is is long gone. (laughs) Let's that, let's just leave it at that. It was something that uh, I may do again, and I actually enjoyed. But the one thing I didn't realize is that it was going to be hot yoga, and I was not dressed appropriately for the conditions. Yeah, I was not prepared at all for that. Uh, Greg's buddy Reed, who runs it at over at Moto Yoga, uh, he says, "Hey, it's hot yoga, by the way. Did you know that?" Because he looked at both of us in our sweatpants, and everybody's walking in with tank tops and short shorts and. And uh, now, to be fair, the, the sweatpants I was wearing were like super thin, like they were really light jogger. Mine pants. were not. But um, I just, it was so unprepared for that. I don't, I didn't bring a change of clothes. I didn't bring a towel. I don't know what I was thinking. Even if it wasn't hot yoga, still, like you're going to work out. It's not like I expected it to be a walk in the park. So I was just so unprepared, underprepared. So that's the question. A time you showed up for something horrifically unprepared for what you were walking into. Maybe you were underdressed or maybe you were going to some sort of food event and had no idea how much food you were about to eat or maybe how long you're going to sit at the dinner dinner table. Like I went to a dinner party once. I've never been to a dinner party and it was lovely. And this couple uh, hosting it, uh, one of the guys is actually from Italy, and he he prepared like a seven-course meal. It was Marvelous. M- it was amazing food. Yes. We sat at their living room table for six hours. Gosh. And my butt was so sore. I was so uncomfortable. I needed to stand up and get around and move around. But no, we were just locked into that table. So 204-780-6868 for a chance to win either. We have two tickets for the Living Green Gardening Show at Red River Exhibition Place, April 7th to 9th, or a pair of tickets to see the Manitoba Moose versus Grand Rapids at Canada Life Centre on Friday, April 7th. It will be your choice at 9.15. And by the way, we have a second pair for the Green Gardening Show coming up at 7.15. Cam Portress, why don't we start with you? Well, this this is probably my lowest moment, or one of them. Like, one of my big, <laughs> one of my big regrets in life. I was living in Calgary at the time. Um, and I had a couple of friends of mine coming in to visit, particularly my buddy Chris. Um, 
and uh, and he now holds this over my head, rightfully so, because I set him up big time. I had moved from Merritt to Calgary. I got a job there, and it was like the one of the like it was a whole travel day. I got a a, a, a rental um, a storage unit, and I put all my stuff in there. And then I went over to the, my buddy, my either buddy Chris, not the same person, but he was living in Drumheller, and I went to go visit him. But I had all my stuff in this storage locker, and I needed help to get it in there because. It was like a three-hour ordeal. I was struggling, and I didn't want my friends who were coming to visit to think that, oh, hey, you guys are coming. I'm, you guys are going to be my workforce. So I said, and I totally lied. This was, again, low low moment for myself. I told them, particularly Chris, who was who did most of the help, I said, hey, just got to move a couple things like a couch or stuff if you guys don't mind helping. Oh, yeah, sure, absolutely. Well, it was an entire storage unit, and I had to fill up a, a, a truck and move it in and move it out and back into my place. And like I, I bought them beer and pizza and stuff like that afterwards. But I, um, I, I now tell my buddy Chris Grabsky, I say, dude, like if you ever need anything moved, I have, I have no way to ever say no. I have to be there, whatever time, whatever day. I, I owe you that one hundred percent. And I, I've, I've held my end to the bargain, and he's taken advantage of it a few times. A few times, like pinball machines, which are insanely hard to move and heavy. Treadmills, um, but oh, I just the I, worst. I one hundred percent deserve it, and I'm 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 there every single time. Atta boy, Cam. When yeah. will that debt be paid? I think you're you never. Paid. No, no, never? no it's okay. never getting paid. All right. No, it was it was it was worse than you think, Greg. Like as bad as you think it was, it was worse. Okay. He's a man of honor, a man of his word. Skylar Peters, what about you? I think anyone who lives uh, in rural Manitoba and you know travels to Winnipeg or maybe has family or friends out somewhere uh, maybe can relate to this. Tim Hortons or McDonald's on the hill in Brandon, large iced coffee for me, make the drive to Winnipeg, I can never make it here. I got to stop somewhere. And I'm a guy, so I have the the benefit of, you know, being able to pull over on any <laughs> rural road if I need to. But I, I've been doing this for like eight years uh, since I ever got my license, and I just still have not learned my lesson. Um, and you, when you drive in the prairies in Manitoba, you got to think about these kind of things because you can go a long way without running into uh, any spot to relieve yourself. Mm. And I, I just can't even, like, I would have lost track of the amount of times I've, I've failed at that task. So that's it for me, for sure. That's a genuine fear of mine. If I'm driving out to play golf in places like Granite Hills, Lake Lactibani, or you know, head, wherever, if I'm in the car for an hour and a half, and I know that a lot of that is going to be lonely road, I wonder, like, what happens if nature makes it an important call at an impromptu time. But anyway, I guess that's another topic. <laughs> one day, Skyler, <laughs> one day, you'll you'll get it. You'll make it. Uh, Forte, what about you? Uh, well, I like to partay, if you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> no, but there's been a few part, part <laughs> No, what do you mean, Jeff? Well, I'm not sure. Well, anyways, I like to party, and uh, some of the parties I go to sometimes. My name is they're, Jeffrey they're, Forte, they're and I like to party. Exactly. <laughs> sometimes the, the parties will be like costume and like be like toga, and then I show up like just totally not prepared, and I'm the only one there. But some of the worst ones is when you go to a party, and it's like, Oh, we're all jumping in the hot tub. It's like, well, I didn't bring my bathing suit. So then, of course, I have to go in my boxers, which is kind of like a bathing suit when you really think about it. But the worst is, like, afterwards, you're, uh, you have to go commando in jeans. And it just doesn't feel right. Feels terrible. Exactly. And so the rest of the night, I'm just uh, very uncomfortable. Got to be careful with that zipper, too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, you think the button fly was invented? <laughs> what about you, Macklin? Well, uh, the very first time I ever got to sit up in the press box at uh, Winnipeg Jets game, I was very excited, as you can imagine, after years of advocating and, and begging and, and dreaming about the Winnipeg Jets returning. I uh, managed to stag myself a spot up in the press box. I think it was the second season of the Jets uh, following their uh, move here from Atlanta. And so I had a brand new crisp shirt. I had a brand new blazer. My shoes were looking good. And I get on the elevator with Mark Chipman. I didn't know you're not supposed to wear jeans in the press box. Oh, no. And so this was on a Friday night or a Saturday night. And sure enough, Monday, a memo comes out as a reminder <laughs> that oh, jeans no, are not allowed in the press box at MTS Center. I was so embarrassed. I was so happy, so pleased, so thrilled. And then I get this reminder that for as good as you thought you looked, 
You did not Bruce look good at with all. the boss, too. That's hilarious. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> we begin this hour with the federal government presenting its budget to Canadians today. Government sources tell Global News Finance Minister Christopher Freeland is expected to announce a new tax rebate aimed at making basic necessities more affordable for some Canadians. It was something that the government is calling a grocery rebate. It will be delivered through the GST tax credit mechanism and will be based on household income, according to two government sources who spoke on background because they were not authorized to speak publicly about the budget. Prior to its release, an average family of four with two children would receive $467, while a single Canadian would be eligible for $234 in rebates. This would impact approximately 11 million Canadians. This is just one part of the federal government's financial plan for the country. Sarah Takachuk is Western Canada Tax Business Unit Leader with KPMG and joins us this morning. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning. If I fall into uh, Kachuk, uh, you'll forgive me. Uh, we had the Keith <laughs> Kachuk in our in our city for a long time. So uh, thanks yes. for taking some time. Hey, sometimes there's indifference when it comes to budgets. This time around, there's a, a lot at stake in terms of the economy, inflation, rising household costs, and business competitiveness. What do you expect to be some of the key themes when the Deputy Prime Minister stands up and delivers her budget today? Yeah, that's all all very true, Greg. This uh, this budget is going to be about weathering uncertain times. I think the government's looking to build a stronger economy, and certainly many people are hoping to see some measures that, that will support that. We're also seeing some themes around the green transition, uh, certainly looking for opportunities to expand uh, the green economy and and the future environment goals that the government set. We're also expecting to see, I think Canadians are looking for jobs and, and support. You know, the last few years have been uh, been, some ch- been challenging times for, for Canada's economy. And uh, I think many people are looking to see how the federal government responds to the interest rate hikes and the latest economic data. And so it's difficult to predict where this economy is going to go. And I think many Canadians are looking for, for some support and some response to some of these challenges. Now, KPMG conducted a poll with 500 mid-sized businesses last week. Businesses, of course, want tax relief, according to this poll. Why is there such strong support for tax relief right now? Like, is anything different from past years? Well, there's a few things going on. Um, Yeah, our our survey revealed that many small-medium enterprises have some real concerns about their tax burden. And so they're looking, looking to the government to, to help with that. The other thing that, that we're seeing right now is that in 2022, the U.S. government introduced the Inflation Reduction Act. And that has been uh, a fairly significant investment south of the border in a number of tax incentives and supports. So the businesses that we talk to really feel that, that, that the Canadian government needs to respond to that in order for Canada con- to continue to remain competitive on the world stage. So, uh, you know, 79% of the businesses that we surveyed currently feel that the tax that they pay is too high. And so, um, you know, they are concerned that they would find it difficult to manage a tax hike and are looking for some support to, mean, to, to continue to be competitive. So, Sarah, what about individual Canadians? We've been reporting on the on the supposed or the the likelihood of this grocery rebate. Is there room for optimism there with regard to everyday Canadians? Yes, I I do think that the finance minister is looking for some relief, particularly for lower income families. Um, you know, certainly many people have have found it challenging in the current environment, and and I think this. Uh, announced grocery tax credit is one way to respond to that. Um, some other things we've heard out are potentially dental program support for low-income Canadians, um, relief for student loans. So we certainly could see some things on that front. Um, They've also talked about ensuring that uh, they do take a review of tax expenditures and tax avoidance mechanisms. So we may see some response to that as well. Um, They have announced over the last couple of years that they're going to be looking at the alternative minimum tax system. And that would be really focused on 
higher income Canadians and making sure that um, that they don't pay a tax rate that's that's lower than 15%. So we may see some response to the alternative minimum tax regime and looking to do some targeted uh, measures there. Overall, in this conversation with business, how optimistic, you know, so often we talk about business and their optimism, the the level of optimism with regard to the future, the economy, where things are at and where they're going. What, what's your sense of the optimism of the business community overall, Sarah? Well, I think there's certainly been some some areas where the business community is very optimistic. Uh, one of the things that we identified in this survey is that 82% of Canadian businesses are uh, feel that 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 these small and medium businesses are key to the green transition and vast majority of them have already implemented some ESG solutions into their business strategies and really looking for, for government partnership in, in that. So one of the things that, that I think is very optimistic about what we're hearing from our business community is that they are ready, willing and able to scale up on innovation and, and green growth I'm just looking for potentially some government support in that area. Sarah Takachuk is Western Canada Tax Business Unit Leader with KPMG, joining us live on 680 CGOB. Sarah, thank you very much for this. Thank you very much. It should be an interesting budget today, so looking forward to seeing what else comes out. And once again, that budget set to be released at 3 o'clock this afternoon, Winnipeg time. We'll have more on it through the day and, of course, a full breakdown on the news with Richard Cloutier and Julie Buckingham just after 3 o'clock. Like I said off the top, Brett, quite often there's some indifference when it comes to budgets, but these last, you know, the last provincial budget, uh, this uh, civic budget that we saw just in the last few weeks from the city of Winnipeg, I think there's been an increased interest because of the timing post-pandemic, the provincial government heading into an election in in October, and then, of course, in Winnipeg, the first budget of Mayor Scott Gillingham's regime and the idea of sort of setting a tone for what we're going to see from from the mayor and council for the next four years. So I don't see any reason why people aren't won't be as interested as to what Christian Freeland has to say today. Breakfast with the Bombers. It's brought to you by the cooperators investing in your future together. Our guest this morning has become a critical member of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers roster. He is one of the most popular players among teammates and fans and is an aspiring musician and writer. His national player designation often catches fans of other CFL teams off guard. Yeah, born in California. And as far as the CFL is concerned, Brett, he is as Canadian as you or I. Let's say good morning to Drew Walatarski. How are you, Wally? Good morning, guys. This is called Breakfast with Bombers. I feel like we should have some breakfast together, man. I need some I need some Cheerios or something this early. Well, we'll have to send some over to you next time. I promise. We'll we'll have some chow for you, Drew. Just uh, send in your order ahead of time. We'll we'll accommodate you hap- happily. How's your winter been? Have you been in Winnipeg again this year? We're in Winnipeg now. We got here a month ago. Um, it's been a, a, a long road trip, man. We've been in the car for like I don't even know. Three weeks total, uh, just driving across the U.S. to Canada to B.C. It's just been a, a whirlwind, but happy to be back in Winnipeg now and, and training again. Have some routine, man. It's nice, dude. You know, I love to vacation and travel, but it gets exhausting at some point. So good to be back. Now, we mentioned your California birth certificate. Could yeah. you have ever imagined that your mom's birthplace would play such a gigantic role in your life? I never did, and um, that's something that we talk about and something that we're really thankful for. I mean, my, my grandpa went to Montreal, didn't speak French, and decided to start a church. Um, don't know why he did that. He must have had some crazy dreams, but um, he did that, learned the language, started a church in Montreal, had his kids there, and uh, that's where my parents met. So it's been such a gift um, just being able to honestly run away from the U.S., uh, anytime I want. So um, if anything, that's that's one of the greatest things, man. 
So, you know, you, we've been a part of your, your, one another's lives now since 2017. You, you came mm-hmm. to Winnipeg and, and you know, and now, now you've been here not only for a good time, but it's been a long time as well. <laughs> do, do, do you feel a part of the community now, Drew? And, and uh, what's so special about that affinity, that affection, that connection with uh, Blue Bomber fans and maybe Manitobans overall? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the other day I had a little gig, a music gig at uh, the theater in Regent at Cineplex and I, I walk in and, you know, there's 15, 20 fans that I've, I've talked to through Instagram. I've seen, you know, at games waiting outside, like uh, it, it's really unique to meet the fans, to meet people and become friends, actual friends, like, you know, share parts of your lives, share things going on with you that I, I never had before. And even in, in college, like you don't have the access to the people, right? You're just kind of stuck in that little world. And it's really unique to come to a place like this and meet musicians, meet ex football players, talk to the coaches on a, on a deep level. Like, you know, you've been here seven years, you, you become a family. You see these people more than your family during the year, during the football season. So um, that's something I, I really admire about this place is they really want to be connected uh, to the team, to each other. It's hard. It's hard not to be, man. Like this isn't a huge province. This isn't a huge city. And there's parts of that that are really unique and fun. Like it, it is fun to walk into the store, see someone, you know, pretty much every time you're out, strike up conversation. It makes you feel yeah, like you're part of a community, like you belong. man. It's, it's a good feeling. And I'm 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 an old guy now, Drew. I've been following this team since 1977, and and have met so many of the players along the way. But I still am blown away by the number of guys from the teams of the 60s, from the 70s, all the way through into the last handful of years that are from other parts of Canada or from the U.S. and have decided to make Winnipeg their home long term, and it's. I don't know. There's some gratifying, satisfying about that. And at the announcement of the 2025 Grey Cup, you know, you've got the local guys there, Brady and Nick, talking about what it'd be like to win the Grey Cup at home in their home stadium. But Willie's talking about the same sorts of things. Do you, do you think about that as well as a sort of a an adopted Winnipegger? Uh, first of all, I, I think I need to talk to these guys about staying in the moment, man. We're talking about three years from now. These guys are crazy, bro. But... No, I'm kidding with you. Yeah, no, I, I think that would be insane. It's, um, 2025, Grey Cup at home. I know a lot of us will be, you know, near the the ending of our of our careers, you know, getting later in life, and that would just be such a great way to, to finish, man, for this city and for this whole, you know, stretch of, of this team we've had, man, like the last three or four years. I mean, it's just, it's hard to keep something that good for so long. And we just found a way to continue to push ourselves, continue to grow in different areas. And that's something that I've seen in the players. And I'm sure the fans have seen this too, but um, just seeing the growth of players and, and how they've changed, how they, you know, uh, speak to the media, how they speak to the, to the fan base, how they are out in the community more. Um, it's just really, it's really awesome to see that, man. And like, We've had consistent players, at least in the receiving core. We've had me and Nick since 2018. She came in there. Darvin was there for a long time. We missed him. Um, it's just, it, it really helped the team. I'll be honest, when you have players that stick around, that, that create that bond. Um, it's just like any work, man. Like you, you love the people you work with. You never want to see them go, right? And you work harder for those people. So that's something important to us. And I think that's something that's led to a lot of our success. Our guest this morning for Breakfast with the Bombers is Drew Wolitarski. And Greg, I see you've got a piece of music queued up here. Well, you mentioned music and what a you know big part of your life it's become. You mind if we play a little bit of your song, I believe, here, Drew? Oh, yeah, play that. Thank you, man, for sure. There lies a boy dreaming Looking up at the stars He asks How can we go on living Even when the light stops burning These stars been dead for centuries But they're still shining down on me Still shining down on 
That's kind of spine tingling, Drew. That's some good stuff there, Drew William. That's that's my Vegas folk song for sure. Um, A song about honestly coming into belief in yourself, man. And in 2020, like that was kind of what I had to do. And I released that in 2020, stuck in COVID, like didn't know what I was going to do. Didn't know football was going to come back. Um, Just finding that belief, man, and finding that belief in myself to do whatever I had to do to, to honestly continue to thrive and survive and stay out here and um, find a new path if I had to, man. It was, a, it was a song full of emotion, I'll say that. Well, not only are the Winnipeg Blue Bombers a better team with you on the roster, we're a stronger, better community with you in it, Drew. We, we appreciate your time always, and it's uh, great to have you back in town. Thank you, guys. That's really, that's really nice, man. I appreciate that, for real. Drew Wolitarski joining us live on 680 CJOB for Breakfast with the Bombers. Once again, brought to you by cooperators investing in your future together. Right now, we want to discuss how yesterday, the City of Winnipeg's Human Rights Committee debated a motion that, if approved, would see the Executive Policy Committee and City Council be requested to adopt the non-legally binding working definition of anti-Semitism. The motion was part of an election promise from Mayor Scott Gillingham. So some context for the definition, Brett. On May 26, 2016, the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance Plenary, IHRA, of which the Government of Canada is a permanent member, adopted the working definition of anti-Semitism and its list of illustrative examples, or illustrative, excuse me. And on June 25th, 2019, the Government of Canada adopted the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance working definition of anti-Semitism, which reads, anti-Semitism is a certain perception of Jews, which may be expressed as hatred towards Jews, rhetorical and physical manifestations of anti Semitism are directed toward Jewish or non-Jewish individuals and or their property, toward Jewish community institutions and religious facilities. There were multiple delegates who presented their views on the motion at yesterday's meeting. The motion was ultimately accepted as information and will be moved forward in that fashion. To help us sort out what it all means, we're joined by the president of the Jewish Federation of Winnipeg, Gustavo Zentner. Good morning, Gustavo. Good morning, Greg. How are you? Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for making some time for us today. Did we recap those events accurately before we uh, move on here? Just like a pro, you did a great job, and I thank you for uh, for building in the agenda and sharing this with the audience, with the listeners, with the community, these very important subjects. So thank you. So what's your reaction to the fate of that motion, which, as I mentioned, is going to be moving forward as information? Well, I think it's a very positive step, no doubt about it. I mean, what happened yesterday was um, the Human Rights Committee of Council uh, was convened. Um, there was a very democratic process that enabled people from all walks of life and representing different uh, points of views to come together, share what this means, their life experiences and their opinion. One of the big takeaways for me is that this was a very positive um, experience where we could come front and center as the representatives of the vast, vast majority of Jewish voices and and, and Jews in Manitoba, almost 14,000 people, I might add, that feel that this is the right step. People want to live in a city or in a country where there is uh, peace, security, and an open dialogue of what it is to be a, a meaningful contributor to our communities. And in order to feel so, so, such a vital part of the community, you really need to be able to have those dialogues. And this, the IRA definition, exactly, that's exactly that. It's a working definition of, that defines anti-Semitism and puts within context the way we interact with each other. A very positive experience, no doubt. Has this motion been controversial elsewhere? Well, the fact that you asked me, of course, it, it has been. And the reason it has been, in my opinion, could be, you know, uh, the way that people interpret it, it's a difficult conversation because um, for some people, just speaking about the subject is quite difficult. The Jewish community is the most targeted group um, that is prey of hate across Canada, and that is very alarming. By far, the number one um, hate police related reports is towards the Jewish community. So having these conversations is very important. When it gets tricky or controversial is when there is lack of clarity on some of the concepts. And what I have seen over the last few years is that 
the good quality work that was put into defining what the IRA working definition is and defining what anti-Semitism is, sometimes uh, it's married where, where people bring other concerns that are not directly linked to the discussion about IRA. IRA stands for the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance. There's a ton of work that has been done by scholars, intergovernmental groups, uh, people that spent 15 years working at a global level, uh, very little Jewish background or influence on that group. So that was not a Jewish exercise. It was rather scholars from all around the world uh, directly into the United Nations and a lot of uh, consultation in the open with educational institutions to define what anti-Semitism really is. President of the Jewish Federation of Winnipeg is Gustavo Zentner joining us this morning on The Start. And Gustavo, uh, you, you mentioned some people are uncomfortable even with the, the mere conversation, and I think it's uncomfortable on two sides. One is because anti-Semitism is clearly growing, which to me is just absolutely mind-blowing as, as, as we, we move further away from, from the Holocaust and, and learning so much about what took place, uh, you know, those years ago. And then on the other side, it's, the controversy seems to get, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, there seems to be an uncomfortable conversation about this discussion with regard to defining anti-Semitism and conversations around Israel. Is it, 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 am I on to something there? You're correct. Can I just address that? And I'll try to be very concise. It is a complex issue, but it shouldn't be. If it is a complex issue, we should be comfortable talking about it. So the adoption of the IRA working definition does not silence any voice, any community groups. And look, as the president of the Jewish community, uh, I have been on the record indicating that the adoption of the Arab definition does not prevent other groups from discussing policies in Israel, what the government of Israel does or says or how they run the only democracy in the Middle East. So even as a democracy, we all know by reading the news that there are some challenges. The adoption of the Arab definition doesn't prevent anyone from criticizing, talking, or challenging those policies. So just like people would feel that um, adopting this will alienate other community groups, again, that is, that is factually wrong. We celebrate, we highlight the fact that um, the IRA definition will serve as a platform, not just for the Jewish community, but for other communities to also step up. Um, I have been on the record indicating that we, we stand against all kinds of hate and discrimination, not just towards the Jewish community. Um, I have a serious concerns when there is discrimination against other groups in the communities. And focusing on what goes on in Israel and to indicate that because of some concerns of what happens in Israel, uh, this definition would, should not be adopted is simply factually wrong. That is not the right conversation. The right conversation is this is a platform that would enable education, communities coming together, sharing their concerns, and working with our civic representatives. That is what we need to focus our attention. So what would you like to see then as the next steps for this motion? Well, well, first of all, I'd like to acknowledge and thank uh, the entire Human Rights uh, Committee of Council. The, it was a very long meeting yesterday. Um, I think that, the, that anyone in our civic society that, that stands up and volunteers or serves in a committee like that deserves a lot of recognition. Uh, they bring credibility as a civic society by highlighting the fact that dialogue is paramount. Um, I want to thank them for, for ensuring a proper process. What I feel happens next is we, uh, we look forward to continuing working with this committee and with the city. The mayor recently announced a multi-faith council. I think that's a step in the right direction. The work that the Human Rights uh, Committee will do, uh, uh, continue to investigate, ensuring a proper dialogue. This information was accepted. Our presentation was accepted as information. That means that there's a lot of community building opportunities. We need to continue with the good work of exchanging ideas, provide more examples, and help the, com the, the committee submit to city council what are the next steps, which in my opinion will likely be um, a few more examples and a consultation of how the communities come together. This is basically who we are as a city. We are, we are, uh, we're, we're made from what's real. Uh, and what's real is real dialogue. 
and communities coming together and recognizing the various aspects of uh, the multicultural aspects of our community. Uh, our community has, has been a significant contributor to, to Winnipeg, to Manitoba, to Canada, and this is one more step that we're, we're bringing forward to raise awareness and enable a good dialogue. So at the very least, this is going to be a springboard toward more conversation about difficult issues and, and ones we, we shan't ignore. You're correct. You're correct. I mean, uh, springboard conversation, this is funda- a fundamental piece for education. We can't have it, uh, conversations like this, such as anti-Semitism, if you don't define it. The IRA working definition provides a clear parameter of how to define anti-Semitism. It also helps us understand how the working definition can be used. Uh, it helps bring parameters for the discussion. You can't just say that somebody is expressing an opinion uh, will be shunned by the adoption. To the contrary, this proactively brings to light uh, the framework, the parameter, and what's needed. And frankly, we, we know that many groups, including the Arab and Muslim communities, um, have used this and have discussed this because we stand up against with the Jewish community, stand up against all kinds of hate and discrimination. Anti-Semitism is one that affects us the most and affects all Canadians. But what, we, what starts with us does not end with the Jewish community. We stand up against Islamophobia. We stand up against all kinds of xenophobia and hate. And our community deserves better. This dialogue, the opportunity to learn and share, will give us exactly that. President of the Jewish Federation of Winnipeg, Gustavo Zentner, thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate your insight and your time. Anytime, guys, and thanks for the coverage and keeping us informed. Have a good day. It is Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is off for the rest of the week. And we have been reminded by listener Terry that today marks, uh, well, I certainly don't want to say happy anniversary because no. it put 1,500 people out of work. March 28th, 2015, Best Buy announced the dissolution of the Future Shop brand and the closure of all 66 of its locations. And, uh,. Yeah. I remember this as being a Saturday morning. I don't know why, Brett, mm-hmm. but I think you might have delivered the news on a Saturday morning on CJOB and the and the fact, of course, right across the street from CJOB when we were at Polo Park in the same strip mall was a Best Buy and a Future Shop. And some of the Future Shops were converted to Best Buys, but clearly... That wasn't happening on St. James Street because there were one of each within about 500 feet or less of each other. Same on Regent Avenue. Yeah, so 66 stores went down for good. 65 became Best Buy locations. And you're right, there was a Best Buy. There is a Best Buy on St. James at Silver. And in that same, essentially in that same parking lot. Yeah. Right? Just further north, there was a future shop, which I think now is like a hockey life or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, there's a Save on Foods in that same strip mall. Yeah, and then on Regent Avenue, you have the Best Buy, which is at Regent and Stapon. In that shop, there's the Montanas and the Finns right at the front. Uh, uh, That's right, and the the future shop, uh, it's a Michael's now. Yeah. Yeah, you could could hit a golf ball easily from the front door. (laughs) Well, not easily, (laughs) But, but, but you could with a good shot. A straight shot, uh, if you were teed up properly, you could uh, hit a golf ball from the front door of one to the other. Man, I spent so much money at Future Shop when I think of it. Not, not, we're not talking like thousands of dollars, but I, I, future, I actually, the, the thing I spent most of my money on at Future Shop was CDs. Okay. They used to have a great CD section and pretty good prices too. So I'd go out of my way to get to Future Shop because if, if memories. Did the future shop in Transcona used to be a bit further west? I think once upon a time. Was it off Lajamodier? <sighs> oh, boy. I'm just, I'm wondering if I'm conflating the two, if I'm conflating the St. James location and, and the Regent one. But I feel the like one the, on, the one on Regent was um, where the Michaels is now. Yeah. There's a Salisbury house next to it. Yeah. 
So like I say, the, like you, you mentioned, the Best Buy and the Future Shop were in the same parking lot. Could the Future Shop have been further west or east once upon a time? I think it was further west. I think it was off Lajemodier, but I can't. I th- ooh yeah, I think it was in that same complex where the royal, like where the Royal Fork was, and all that stuff. Uh, I can't remember the name of that that complex. Okay. I think it was somewhere in there. I can't remember. Can somebody let us know at 204-780-6868? Anyway, Terry, thanks for the reminder. Wow, such a huge brand just gone in an instant. It is Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is off for the rest of the week. We have confirmed where the previous future shop in the Transcona vicinity was the, okay. the one on Regent was that we we knew that recently or it closed eight years ago. That was where Michaels now sits in uh, Regent, the Crossroads Station. I think is what they call that. That whole is thing. yes, uh, Regent and Stapon, sort of in that uh, parking lot. But it previously lived further down the road. It was in the uh, like the Kildonan Crossing with um, where the Freshco is, formerly a Safeway. Now it's a fresh coat and future shop was to the north of that in that same lot before it moved to uh, the the current, the previous locale. Is that where the pet store is now? There's a pet land in that whole thing. There's a pet land and a Walmart and superstore and Home Depot and all that stuff. That's in the crossroad station. Yeah, uh, there's, a, there's a pet store now uh, on Lajemodier there. Okay, I can't. Yeah, I can't actually. <laughs> I can't actually remember what's in there now. But if you say it's a pet store, then Maybe I believe it's a it. Pet store. All right, and a reminder <laughs> that we have tickets to give away for either the Living Green Gardening Show at Red River Exhibition Place, April seventh to the ninth, or a pair of tickets for the Manitoba Moose versus the Grand Rapids Griffins at Canada Life Center on April seventh. It'll be your choice. We're asking you to tell us about a time you showed up for something totally unprepared, like Yeesh. Jim. He says, I went to a wedding as a best man, mm-hmm. not knowing I was to give a speech. Uh-oh. People kept giving me drinks. So by the time it was my turn to talk, I was three sheets to the wind. During my speech, quote unquote, I made a lot of inappropriate comments. I even dropped an F-bomb and unfortunately never talked to the groom again. I wonder, Jim, was that your first wedding? But you didn't realize the best man gave a speech? Says he was 19. So it could very well be. Poor preparation by the groom. The groom uh, let you down there too, Jim. Sorry. I'll stand up for you a little bit there. Sorry to hear that. So we're going to pick a winner in our next segment uh, just after 9.15. But right now we want to talk about starting in just under one hour, roughly 50 Manitoba high schoolers will be vying for supremacy in the Manitoba High School Chess Championship at Sisler High School. And there's a special twist to today's event. It's being billed as a Peace in Ukraine event and have invited a number of refugee students to participate. Blair Rudder is the president of the Manitoba Chess Association. Blair, good morning. Good morning. Thanks so, for having me. Well, thanks for doing this, not only joining us, but uh, also you know, chess has become such a huge thing. We'll talk about that in a moment, but let's talk about the event today. How many students will be battling out for this title? Well, we've got 55 students registered uh, from 25 uh, different schools. And so this is to declare the Manitoba High School uh, chess champion. And as well, we'll have uh, a team prize for the uh, players that do the best uh, uh, from each school, the school that has the best uh, team performance. How many games will they need to win to claim that championship? Well, we have six rounds. So we expect the winner to have, uh, well, either six clear wins or maybe five and a half. So uh, five wins and a draw. So uh, we'll see how it shakes out. Is there a time limit on this one, uh, Blair? There must be, right? Like this is, uh, is this is all timed? Yes, it is. Uh, and uh, in this case, uh, it's a it's called uh, a speed chess or rapid, a rapid tournament. Uh, everyone has 12 minutes, uh, plus 12 minutes to make their moves. So uh, it's a fairly quick uh, game, but we wanted to get six rounds in and do it all in one day. So uh, that's why uh, the uh, fairly tight uh, time control. How does it work if, say, a match ends and there's no, there hasn't been a checkmate yet or a stalemate hasn't been declared? How do you determine who's winning, just whoever has, more, has taken more pieces off the board? No. Uh, well, somebody's uh, what they call flag will drop. They run out of time. Uh, so if that person, if you run out of time, you automatically lose. Oh, so, uh, either you, uh, checkmate or it's a draw stalemate. 
or somebody is uh, declared the winner on time. So let's talk about the involvement for the Ukrainian students. I think it's terrific that you're, you're doing this and including some of these newcomers. Blair, how's that working? Well, uh, yeah, we expect, uh, well, uh, six to ten uh, students that uh, are uh, here as refugees from Ukraine. Uh, this was really organized, or the initiative was from uh, a school teacher here at uh, Sisler. Her name is uh, Ms. Patrician, and it was her idea to uh, incorporate uh, this, uh, the, the, you know, the peace in the Ukraine uh, aspect to this tournament. Uh, we hadn't, we had not held the, the Manitoba High School Chess Championship in, in a number of years. So when she approached us uh, to have organized a tournament, uh, you know, for for students and particularly uh, students from the Ukraine, we thought this was a terrific idea and that uh, we could tie it into a, uh, a high school championship where we invite uh, all the schools in Manitoba. You know, and as I think about it, I mean, we all, you know, depending from what country you're from or what culture, we all have different games that we like to play. But there are very few games, I think, that you can play anywhere on the planet um, and be able to sit down with somebody who might not speak the same language as you, but still be able to play this game. That's right. Uh, And in fact, uh, in chess, it's it's more popular in uh, other countries uh, around the world. So at today's event... uh, I mean, there's a lot of uh, newcomer Canadians. Uh, in fact, I think probably outside of uh, Folklorama, this is probably the most most uh, ethnically diverse uh, event that you uh, you could have in Manitoba because there's uh, there's uh, well students from uh, from all around the world or you know have uh, immigrated here and uh, are participating. So it's uh, quite a uh, Quite a mix of uh, players here today. President of the Manitoba Chess Association is Bill Rudder, Blair Rudder. And Blair, uh, you know, one of our listeners just pointed out, and uh, this is something I want to bring wanted to bring up with you as well. Chess is booming, says Al. Our 11-year-old plays on on his phone with his friends at school. I saw AAA hockey guys playing on phones too. My kids play against one another in the back seat on their respective phones and this causes more arguments in our house than just about anything right now when one wants to play and the other doesn't. Yes, you know, there has been a, uh, an explosion. Uh, and I think it was partly related to the pandemic. Uh, people were, um, uh, you know, kept indoors and uh, playing online chess, uh, like chess lends itself very well uh, to uh, online format. And so a lot of people got uh, playing online. And then uh, now what we're seeing is people coming out in droves to, uh, to our tournaments. Uh, more, yeah, more than we've ever seen before. And in fact, last, uh, well, about a week ago, uh, we had the, the Manitoba Scholastic had their provincials, which was a chess tournament for every grade. And they had over 100, uh, which was by far the most they've had in uh, many, many years. So uh, we are seeing an explosion, and especially among young people. And uh, there's not, you know, I think part of it too is uh, there's a lot of these uh, young people that are uh, good, good young chess players that are streaming their games on various social media, and uh, and a, lo- a lot of uh, that's attracting a, a new audience. So uh, you're right, there's uh, been uh, an explosion in interest, uh, certainly online, but it's also translating into uh, over the board play. If you want more information on the Manitoba Chess Association, go to their website, chess.chessmanitoba.org. Blair Rudder is the president. Thank you very much for joining us today. Have fun. Sounds like a great event. You bet. Thank you. We're very excited, and uh, it was my pleasure. Thank you. And chess, it's just such a wonderful, like, in terms of life skills, chess, it teaches you strategy, it teaches you problem-solving, patience, and to be able to see two, three, four, five, six, seven steps down the road, because that's sometimes you, for me, that's and that's where I always falter. I can't. Some people can see that board, like see the, the. Did you watch the Queen's Gambit? I've not watched it. Oh man, there's some. They do. There's some really nifty graphics they do where you watch her play the the match out in her head, but like as she's looking at it on the the ceiling or whatever, and. I don't have that ability to, to see five, six, seven pieces. And I wish I did. And if I played it more when I was younger, maybe I would have figured that out. So it might be worth revisiting uh, to give my brain a refresh. You wouldn't be alone in that, Brett. It's super popular right now, as Blair said. <laughs> 
It's Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is off for the rest of the week. We have two prizes to give away. We have one pair of tickets to the Living Green Gardening Show at Red River Exhibition Place, and then a pair of tickets to see the Manitoba Moose versus the Grand Rapids on April 7th. So our first winner gets to choose. And then after Global News at 930, we're going to pick our second winner, and they will get the remaining prize. Greg, where do you want to start for our runners-up? Well, let's talk about Reese and his uh, unpreparedness to work out of town. Went up north to work on reserve. I thought because we'd be staying in a camp, it would have pillows and blankets for us. Well, I didn't bring my own, so when I got there, it was just a bare bed, and I was going to be there for 10 days. So I ended up improvising, using a couple of sweaters as a pillow and all my clothes from my bag as a blanket. It was the longest 10 nights of my life. Next time I was more prepared, and it was a bit better. Okay, so Reese is uh, actually, we have a text here from Jake that's kind of along the similar lines. So we're going to share that at 9.35 because it sounds like this is something that a lot of Manitobans have dealt with for work purposes. But we have another Jake here who is our first winner. Jake says, in 2018, I was returning to Red River College to finish the second level technical training in my trade. I arrived to class, and as my instructor was giving his introduction to the course, he mentioned that we would have to go for a respirator fit test. I didn't think anything of it, but when I showed up to get my fit test, they politely told me that I can't have any facial hair in order to pass the test. So I guess they had to put a mask over his face, and Jake says my beard was maybe a foot long at that point. They handed me one disposable razor. Again, a foot-long beard. They handed him one disposable razor and no shaving cream and said, have at it. Jake says, I was in there for over an hour, and needless to say, it was a hack job of a shave. Not fun. Not at all. If if your hair is even half an inch long, you got to trim that before you take a razor to it. Not to mention, if you're walking around with a beard like that, it's because you're in ZZ Top or you want to be in ZZ Top. It's a part of your identity. And then to walk in and go... Yeah, we're taking away your very essence. <laughs> Here's one razor to do the job. Never mind how, how much time it would have taken. Probably years to grow that out. So, Jake, you are our first winner. You get first crack at the prizes.